0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today Podcast. And welcome back for part two of the NFC West, where I'm joined by my friends Candice and Ren, both members of the SportsEthos.com family. Just for an FYI, this entire episode, the whole NFC West, the one that you heard on Friday and the one that you're hearing today, were recorded both Friday morning. But we decided that we want to split it into two. So this is part two. This is the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. Sit back and enjoy. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and follow me on Twitter at JP Sticko. I'll see you guys out there. Next on the list, let's make this one quick because it should be L.A. Rams. Um, I would just like to say my gambling self. uh, I hit the Rams Super Bowl bet before the season started. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just – I thought Matthew Stafford was an absolute perfect fit in L.A., Um, the perfect guy for McVay's offense. I also invested in a Cooper Cup rookie auto card before the season started. That went through the roof. Um, I just knew how open he was. Jared Goff – just missed them plenty of times um Robert Woods going down obviously helped Cooper Cup last season um I this the, the, the over under since we're talking about that first I'll be quick it's set at 10 and a half um I just personally me I'm never taking the under on a reigning Super Bowl champion I just can't find a reason to do it um they didn't lose any key pieces Donald is back who's obviously the man Ramsey's there on defense Obviously the man, even though he gets torched a lot more than people want to talk about. Um, I do love him as a corner. I played corner my entire life. I think he plays hard, but there are times where he bites a little bit too hard on double moves and gets torched. Um, that's something to kind of look for moving forward because it happened to him in the Super Bowl. And I think teams had noticed it there. Uh, but again, Rams over under 10 and a half. Akers is back. They have my man, Allen Robinson. I'm going over.
1: I'm with you. I'm taking the over. Uh, Looking at their schedule, surprisingly, one of the losses that I could see coming for them is Week 18 versus the Seahawks. And the Mm -hmm. only reason I say that is because they may already have the number one seed locked up and they're not playing any of their starters. (laughs) I could see it. But now that the uh, playoffs have gone to just the one buy rather than two buys, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're still playing to lock up that number one seed. Um, But yeah, I'm easily taking the over on on 10 wins for them.
2: Yeah. It, it pains me to have this discussion. I don't really like talking positively <laughs> about any of my division um, rivals in any that way, is. but um, yeah, I think they, I think they go over that over. I don't, I don't even think it's particularly close just because the NFC is just so, um, I think watered down maybe this year outside of the Especially NFC. Right? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. yeah, no brainer. So
0: no I agree. I think that's one of the better bets here ten and a half.
2: Um, Fantasy implications. Let's
0: start off with, obviously, the fantasy implication, Cooper Cup, ADP 4, wide receiver 1. Call me crazy. I have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase over Cooper Cup this year in fantasy football. Um, Don't get me wrong. Cooper Cup's production is first-round production. He's a first-round wide receiver. However, I just like Justin Jefferson's outlook now with the new offensive coordinator who came from L.A. Um, They are not a run-first offense, I don't think, anymore. You even heard Cook say it this year that he's going to be catching a lot more passes than he did in the past, which to me means they're going to be a lot more shotgun formations. Um, O'Connell is that type of McVeigh minded uh, offensive coordinator where they're going to run because they're going to run and keep the defensive on defense honest. But Jefferson is the guy to own in fantasy, I believe, this year and receiver. And Jamar Chase is just that dude as well. I mean, I'm not the guy is an absolute freak of a receiver. Um, I think they're going to play angry again this year in terms of offensively. Burrow is just that type of guy where he's just – if he has a chip on his shoulder, you don't want to play against him. And I think he's going to come out on fire. They lost the Super Bowl. Um, he had an opportunity to win. No one's talking about that, and he didn't come through. I think that's eating at him all offseason, and Jamar Chase is going to be the man on receiving those passes for the most part. Um, there's going to be regression, right? Cooper Cup's production is going to regress, and the argument with that is, oh, you know, it's got to regress. Regress big time for him not to be wide receiver one i understand that but we're not taking to account that i believe jefferson's going to score a lot more points than he did last year i think tomorrow chase is going to be better than he was last year um obviously production is there for cooper cup i'm not saying that however there's something that needs to be said i'm not i don't really believe in all this type of superstitious slash this is going to happen because this happened um but every wide receiver um that had 16 five wide receivers caught 16 touchdowns in a season in nfl history on average they averaged six and a half touchdowns the following year i'm not saying it's going to happen again but it is something that we need to you know talk about here is is does regression in touchdowns happen drastically for cooper cup this year and my last point for slight regression in cooper cup not slight regression i'm gonna say regression is alan robinson okay Allen Robinson is that dude. Everyone forgets Allen Robinson's earlier career before he went to Chicago. Allen Robinson was a monster. He was a beast. Everybody wanted him. He was always talked about as a top wide receiver. He's only 28 years old. You know, he's not in his 30s anymore. Um, I think McVay loves him. He's been talking about him all OTAs. I think he's got something to prove. And if you listen to me talk for this whole episode, I like guys with something to prove. Um, So I do think he takes... Targets away from Cup that Cup saw last year. I don't think he's playing the OBJ role. I think OBJ came in late in the season. He didn't know majority of the playbook. He only could go in for, you know, if you watch OBJ play, a lot of his passes were all deep balls. It was post patterns. It was digs. It was drags. It was fades. And then red zone, right? Um, Those fades that he threw to to OBJ in the red zone constantly. Allen Robinson is a much better pure route runner than OBJ is in terms of immediate short type routes, comebacks, especially I watched OBJ throughout his career. He was not the best comeback runner, route runner that I've seen. And that's for damn sure. He was a deep threat slants to move, get open type of guy. Allen Robinson is a better route runner than OBJ is. I think McVay takes full advantage of that. Uses him more in a Robert Woods slash OBJ type role in terms of doing everything. Um, What do you think, Ren?
1: I'm high on uh, Allen Robinson. I've got him as my wide receiver 12, uh, while Cooper Cup is my wide receiver uh, three, like you said, behind just Chase and Jefferson. Uh, Just looking at last year's stats, before Robert Woods went down, he was a really good fantasy option. Uh, Matt Stafford is – he plays in a different league compared to Jared Goff. Uh, So when you pair him up with the offensive guru, that is Sean McVay, uh, he can support two wide receivers, two really good top end wide receivers for fantasy football. So uh, after Robert Woods went down, obviously they uh, picked up Odell Beckham Jr. And he had, (laughs) uh, he had a much better half season in Los Angeles than he ever had a full season in Cleveland. Um, but you're right. Allen Robinson's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Matt Nagy in Chicago uh, what thought he was the smartest guy in the room, uh, overthought everything, was not the smartest guy in the room by a long shot. Uh, so Alan Robinson was sick of that. Uh, none of this is factual, by the way. This is all the storyline. This is all – I'm a Bears fan, so I have a little bit of insight. But – uh Allen Robinson going to Los Angeles playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with, uh the best offensive coordinator he's ever it. played with. Uh he's And I think the best he,
0: supporting cast he's ever played with, right? I think that comes exactly. to, gotta come into play. How many right. do- times did Allen Robinson get double teamed in Chicago? 99% of the time?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. That's not
0: happening in LA.
1: So with Cooper Cup taking some of the heat off with uh Cam Akers taking some of the heat off With just the misdirections that Sean McVay builds into his offense, taking some of the heat off, Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup can both be uh, top 12 wide receivers. Uh, And they could both be the number one wide receiver on your fantasy team if you choose to uh, take running back early because Allen Robinson is a great value in drafts right now. So uh, both guys you you can win your league with for sure.
2: Yeah, I think I'd actually flip those. I'm higher on uh, Allen Robinson this year than I am Cooper. Yeah. Cup. okay. Not to say that he won't do well. I think Cooper Cup will still have a have a strong year. So I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff, but I just think for all those reasons we talked about, uh, people are going to try to double team Cooper Cup. It's going to leave Allen Robinson wide right open. He's extremely talented, excellent route runner. I think this is the all of those points that you guys made. I agree with a hundred of them, and, and that's why I'm I'm actually bigger on Robinson. Okay, like
0: that's a hot take there. I like that. And, and plus, like thinking about it, right? How are you going to stop that? That, LA offense, right? You're gonna have Mm -hmm. to sit in zone. I mean, you're not gonna play man coverage. I'll tell you that right now. And Allen Robinson's gonna eat that zone apart, and just like Cooper Cup did. And I think both those guys, like Red said, are excellent fantasy guys to have. I have uh, Allen Robinson at my 11 right now, currently. But when I've been doing mocks, I've been getting him late. I'm talking fourth, fifth round, and to get value like that, that late is an absolute steal. Uh, People are just looking at Cooper Cup's numbers and thinking that he's gonna replicate that and it's that's Mm -hmm. not the case people just don't take into account how long it takes to learn an NFL playbook and people are just saying oh you know Odell had a decent year but Cooper Cup went off but Odell didn't know half of the playbook that he needed to know and he's not at right now the same wide receiver as Allen Robinson is so
1: I will say the the third wide receiver there Van Jefferson is also a a solid steady guy Higby too I like Higby as well if if either Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson go down to injury, Van Jefferson can fill in and, and play a solid role. I wouldn't expect him to be a solid asset without an injury. He'll you know have his weeks now and then when he catches a long touchdown or something. But if either of those guys go down, uh, check your uh, waiver wire for Van Jefferson for sure. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I, I had him stashed last year too because he had those yep. weeks that you know he he was playable there for a little while. Um, I, I like Higby too. I think Higby if one of them goes down. Um, you, you saw in the playoffs, too, Stafford trusts Tyler Higby, especially on those third downs. You're like, where the hell? He's wide open in the seam. Well, that's because everyone's concentrating on Cooper Cup. And now this year, everyone's going to be concentrating on Cooper Cup and mm-hmm. Allen Robinson. So I think Tyler Higby will be a good tight end, like a fill-in bye week type guy. You know, like mm-hmm. you got a tight end that's on a bye. All right, let me just pick somebody up. You, you might as well take a shot on a Tyler Higby because what you want on bye weeks, my people that are listening, fantasy guys, is – you want to pick up guys on explosive offenses because any week, any, any week one of those guys in that offense is going to go off and there's a chance that your guy that you pick up super cheap late in the in a free agency is going to be that guy. Last but not least, the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Oh, well, hang on real quick. I don't think we talked about the running oh. backs at all. Oh, you're right. Sorry about that. Yeah. Running good. backs.
0: Go ahead, Red. Start us off and then I can chime in from there.
1: Yeah. Uh, So Cam Akers, uh, so last season, he was hurt. Uh, He came back at the end. He tore his Achilles and came back in less than a calendar year. Anybody holding his his crappy playoff performance against him, shame on you. Because (laughs) what he did is a medical miracle. Those doctors, uh, everything that happened, incredible. Uh, Before that season, the Rams showed that they trust him. They uh, I think that was with Sony Michelle on the team too. They kind of split the work. I think Sony Michelle was the lead guy at the beginning of the season. Cam Akers ended up taking that role from him. But then when he did take that role, he took the role. He was the running back. I think he it was. Uh, I think him. it was
0: Henderson, wasn't it? Him and Henderson. Was it Henderson? Sonny? Okay. I think Henderson. I think Sony Michelle was signed after Akers went down. I believe. I could be wrong. Here,
1: but... You're right. You're right. It was Daryl Henderson. Uh, either way, when Cam Akers took the role, he was the guy, and he proved why he Absolutely. should get it. He was explosive and fast. And he didn't show that explosiveness uh, when he came back after tearing his Achilles, but he tore his goddamn Achilles. <laughs> He'll have the full offseason to recover. He's probably not going to play very much in the preseason. Uh, and I've got him ranked as my running back 22 right now. Uh, I, I probably want to move him up a little bit uh, just because that offense is so so good. Uh, Cam makers I, I like him a lot. He's concerning because of the injury, but uh, I, I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, Cam, Cam Akers for me, I am a I, again, I'm a I'm a biased person when it comes to liking my fantasy guys at times. And I'm a huge Florida State fan. Um, Cam Akers was that dude at Florida State for years and years and years, and it's because of he was his explosiveness. You're absolutely right. He's the type of guy that one cut, get up field, boom. He's that type of runner. Um, he's not a you know, Derrick Henry, ISO, power, that type of runner. He is a one-cut type of guy. Now, saying all of that. I have Cam Akers ranked at 18 currently. Um, but again, like you said, that Achilles is worry. It worries me um, because where is your explosiveness come on one cuts? It's, it's your ankle. It's your Achilles. It's the knee. It's, it's all that. Right. Um, can he get back to form is, is what you're vetting on. Basically, if you're going to take Cam Akers early in your fantasy drafts, um, I love the upside because all of last offseason, everything was D- was uh, Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, and everything was was um, Acres. Those were the new up and coming running backs. These are the next guys that are going to flash. These are the must owns. These are the Travis ETNs this year, the the Swifts of this year. Um, I just I, I I'm rooting for Acres. Let's put it that way. I am worried to take him in fantasy because I would not have to take a, a very high pick on him, but I'd rather take a receiver like a Mooney in the rounds that he's going in than take a chance on that Achilles. Um, with that being said, if some reason my draft flips around where I have receivers and I need a running back, I'm going to take Acres. Um, but like I always draft, like I say, I'm a running back heavy type of drafter. Give me the running backs early. Let me worry about the receivers late. Why? Because it's a passing league, more receivers than there are running backs. Candace, what do you think about Acres this year?
2: I'm hesitant to have real thoughts. I, I do. I, I like the guy. I hope I hope he, he bounces back, but I, I personally would not take him in fantasy in week unless I really saw I do daily fantasy. So I have to see a few weeks of him sort of, yep. sort of showing improvement for early on. I'd probably stay away from him. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to go in that direction, but I, I do hope he bounces back to form because he's a good guy. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think Henderson is also a little bit of a problem too. Um, they they've, tended to lean on Henderson a lot even when even when Acres was healthy it was him and and, and Henderson he eventually Acres eventually took over the lead back role but McVay likes Henderson I think McVay liked Henderson in the red zone as well um I he's just one of those thorn type running backs right like you like why 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 is he still running the ball right like, there were weeks there that Sony Michelle was dominating on on yards per carry but Henderson still found his way into the lineup when he was healthy um but that's not to say that something can change here. And McVeigh is like, you know what? Let's just let's run Acres this year. Let's let's give him his time. Let's give him his dues. He's fought back from injury. Uh, but again, McVeigh is more about the winning than he is, I think, about pleasing his players um, in terms in terms of that. But again, I like Acres. I, I I do. I'm just weary of the Achilles injury because it's not that's a yeah. serious injury. And yeah, you can be 100 percent healthy, but that doesn't mean you're 100 percent explosive.
1: If that makes right. any sense. Um, I think, so. in, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter who they have at running back as long as it's a competent body. Uh, yep. Sean McVay's offense, you know, the old uh, adage is you have to establish a run to uh, build your pass or your play action. Sean McVay's offense is such a threat that it doesn't matter how good that running back is. It's the, the pass and the run are both going to be respected by opposing defenses. So as long as there's a healthy body back there, I'll take a shot on him for fantasy. It doesn't matter who yeah. it is. I,
0: I absolutely agree with that too. And I think it taking a shot is, um, I don't know about you Ren. when I, when you take a shot, I'm looking at a running back first on my bench type of take a shot. I don't think I would yeah. want acres as my running back to this year because of, I worry, I do worry. And again, like I said earlier, I'm a running back drafter. So I want my running backs first and second round, first and third round, something like that. But. Um, flex no because i like receiver in my flex so i would look look to have him on my bench as my first bench stash for a running back um all right last but not least san francisco 49ers um hmm. they're set at 10 10 wins san francisco 49ers not 10 and a half 10. um Does anybody know their schedule it- uh yes i can uh, i don't have it up on me but i have here um, let me go through, let's see. So obviously guys, the big name here in terms of how this is going to play out is Trey Lance, right? Is Trey Lance going to be the starting quarterback? Is Jimmy G going to be the starting quarterback? Um, I just don't like the fact that Trey Lance is unproven. Um, he's a great fantasy asset. Don't get me wrong because of his legs, but that doesn't mean he's going to win 10 football games. Um, yes, San Francisco likes to run the ball. I understand that they're run first offense, but what Trey Lance does well may not translate well into what san francisco does well let me mm. explain san francisco did not run any rpo last year that's mm. what trey lance should be running if you know trey lance he's an rpo type quarterback he's sticking in the gut pull it if i can run if not i'm gonna get it out quick on a slant, or i'm gonna get it out quick on an out route something like that that is not what san francisco likes to do san francisco likes to run and run and run they're going to line up in eye formation they're going to run and in, in offset eyes they're going to they're going to make sure that you think they're running. That is not Tranny Lance's forte. So do I think he could figure it out eventually? I don't know. That's the question mark here. Or is San Francisco going to switch totally and become a different type of looking offense? They have the coach to do it. He's a very smart, brilliant play caller. But is he going to want to get away from what San Francisco does best? They have an unbelievable offensive line. Okay. Okay. Um, Their defense is very good. They rank ninth in points against, sixth in passing yards, twelfth in passing touchdowns against, sixth in rushing yards against, and tenth on third-down conversions against. They do have a tough schedule. Um, I do think they make the playoffs, but I don't think they get to 11 wins. I can see them literally exactly at 10, which I think gets them into the playoffs. I think they beat the Seahawks twice. Um, there it's a common theme here i'm sorry about <laughs> my things but if you look at the schedule it's just like my fr- <laughs> it's the first gut type of thing that I, that, I, that i like to do here um i think they beat the dolphins i think they beat the commanders i think they beat arizona i think they beat the bears um broncos game is a toss-up um de- i'm gonna take them against the broncos they beat the panthers falcons and then the raiders i think late in the season would be a win for me Um, why is because what they do? Well, I looked at the schedule. I was like, what do teams not stop? Well, and like the run, I think they're going to run all over the Raiders. Um, I don't think the Raiders have a very good run defense. Um, Falcons just stink. Um, Panthers are the Panthers. They're be decent. They're not going to, you know, Broncos, like I said, is the issue here. Um, and then obviously for Candace's purposes, that week two was a great point. If the Seahawks do beat San Francisco, It goes back to my original point is Trey Lance is just not going to be comfortable enough in this offense um, to get it done against a,
2: not a very good Seattle team. To be clear. Yeah. I think, I think we play well against Jimmy G as well. Like I said, Swept him last year. Yep. Swept. Gotcha.
0: So you, you're absolutely right. So going back to your original point earlier in the episode is they just, they just have the coach's number for lack of a better word is Pete Carroll's got the the staff and San Francisco's number in terms of offensive and defensively. Because if you sweep a team, you're not just beating them offensively. You're not just beating defensively. you got to outplay them in all facets of the game, that special teams, defense, and offense. Um, so that's, those are great points. So two, let's see. They have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So let's just say Seattle wins one there. That would put me uh, total at nine, so they miss it by one. Um, again, a tough one to predict. It all falls on the quarterback situation
1: in San Francisco.
0: Ren, what do you think?
1: I'm taking the under there. Uh, Trey Lance was drafted early. He was, you know, third overall pick a couple of years ago, but he was predicted to be a project quarterback, Uh, you know, raw talent, uh, athletic as all get out, but not refined, not the pro ready type of guy. Um, And It's crazy how many uh, really good offensive minds we have in the NFC West because Kyle Shanahan is a really good offensive coordinator, and he can sort of tailor his offenses to the talent that he has around him. Uh, Like you said, in the past, he hasn't done a lot of RPOs, but that's the kind of offense that you want to see Trey Lance running. So I would be shocked if he didn't implement that into the offense this season. Um, But – is he going to be good enough to lead them to 10 wins in the NFC West Mm -hmm. with the schedule that they have? I, I think that's going to be hard. I I really do. Uh, Yeah. Going back to
0: the the RPO thing too. Sorry, Candace, before you go, I just, it's not all about the, the quarterback either, which many people don't understand how the RPO works is the offensive line needs to be, needs to understand how the RPO works too, because you're going to get a ton of flags if you're downfield in the RPO. And San Francisco, those linemen want to go straight. Those guys want to put their their, their top of their crown of their helmet in your jaw and get you, push you back. It's a total different scheme that may not play into the offensive line strength, right? They drafted to be a zone-type running offense. And zone-type running offense is get up to the second level, get up to your linebackers, get up to that creeping safety that's getting up. It's look forward. Not pass set because that's what you're doing in RPO is you're pass setting. You're literally taking one step back and blocking the man in front of you. Second thing in the RPO that needs to work is they need to have a running back that can run the RPO. Is Elijah Mitchell a guy that can run the RPO? I don't know because he ranked in like the bottom third in running backs in um, missed tackles last year. So that means to make people miss, you got to make people miss in the RPO running game. You got to make because those linebackers are running free. And if you're not making them miss, they're going to hit you at the line of scrimmage every single time. He was ex- he was good at plays where the linemen made lanes, and the RPO there's not many lanes unless the linebackers bite on the pass. That's what you're banking on. So, yes, Kyle Shanahan can write it up, but like Ren, like you said, is can they all do it like that? Can, are they can they do it because it's a skill set? What do you think, Candice?
2: Yeah, I'm going. I'm going under uh, for. For, for a lot of the reasons that you guys mentioned, but I, I also just think when people think about the 49ers, they tend to think about that Super Bowl run, like the team that made that Super Bowl run, that dominant team, and they're just not that same team anymore. They've lost a lot of key pieces along the way that I just think people forget about. Um, like Josh Norman is on their quarterback, cornerbacks yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just – I got a lot of questions about their, about their Josh pieces. Norman in the WWF for a little while? <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of questions. They don't they they got some young talent but also they've just got some question marks i, I know of uh, i think they got him back at corner but is he going to stay healthy um health is always a factor with the with the 49ers but even more so now i just i don't see them being able to to pull out those wins whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance To Trey Lance i think their floor is a lot lower to be honest, I, I think that they could lose a, a lot more games. I think Jimmy G will keep them in the competition, but I'm just not sure if that's enough, um, given some of the defenses that I mean, it's, that we'll play against. I mean, not, not not just them. Obviously, Seahawks have to play against those same opponents too. But it, I think they'll be. I'm actually higher on the 49ers than I am the Cardinals. Actually, Ooh. so I, I right now, if I had to rank the division, I would go Rams. Obviously, one, uh, two, 49ers. And I actually think the Cardinals and the Seahawks will do, will battle for who ends up being wow. last. Just saying, yeah, just like right. um, right. just because of the Kyler Murray thing, yeah, the injury yeah. thing, the Deandre, Deandre DeAndre Hopkins things. I'm not sure what they really added this offseason. I think the Seahawks made some additions to their squad. I'm really not sure. I could say the say as much for the uh, Cardinals, but anyway. Um, so that's how I've got them ranked right now. I think it'll be enough. I think they'll be close. So I'm not. I've got them under, but maybe eight games. I think it's probably eight, maybe nine, depending on how things go. I, but I do have them under the 10-1 because I think the Seahawks will beat them at least once. But also, <laughs> um am just – I'm
0: going to be perfect. sliding that one on my schedule. I may have to take the points for the Seahawks.
2: <laughs> yeah, do that. Good call. Um,
0: yeah, so, I mean, those, we're all on the same page there. I think we're all going under. I mean, I said 10, which means if I was betting it, I would have to go the under mm-hmm. uh, because obviously you can't bet the push. So, I would definitely take the under there in terms of San Francisco. You're right. Candace is a learning curve. Red said the same thing. It's going to take time. Um, Jimmy G was the same type of quarterback as what we were talking about. What Geno Smith does is he won't win you a game and you hopefully he won't make mistakes to lose you a game. Um, And in Kyle Shanahan's offense that's exactly what he needed him to do. And that's what he did. Uh, So if I was San Francisco, I'd give him one more year and Jimmy G that is give Trey Lance one more year to sit behind Jimmy G Uh, I know that's not a popular take, especially for fantasy only type people that don't really like the NFL, just like fantasy football aspect of it all. Um, It's not flashy. It's not going to hit headlines. But I think in terms of winning games, I think Candace is right. I think Jimmy G would be a better player to help you win games um, than Trey Lance would be this year.
2: And I, I think you guys are right. Just to, I meant to make this point. Uh, I have heard reports that they've sort of had to change the play. That some people have said that oh, you can just plug and play Trey Lance right into that that playbook. And I've heard reports that no, mm-hmm. they've had to make some some different change. They can't really use the same playbook for them. That it's different. And so I think I think you guys hit the nail on the head on the head with that.
0: Yeah, and I think if if Debo, let's get to fantasy. Yeah, we didn't even talk about now. Debo. Yeah. So I think. Would you even run a lot of RPOs with Debo in the backfield? I mean, do you think he would sure. be a better runner than a lot and then Mitchell would be in terms of an RPO type runner? Because that's literally what he was doing last year. He would motion into the backfield and they would hand it to him in shotgun formation. He wasn't lining up in the eye. It wasn't an RPO, but it was still a handoff in the backfield uh, in shotgun formation or an end around or something like that. But the next question begs is Debo willing to do it again?
2: Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, I he came he out early. He's like,
0: I don't want to do this no more. And I'll tell you guys why he's scared to get hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I live in South Carolina. I moved here about seven years or so years ago. I watch a lot of South Carolina games. I listen to Gamecock radio a lot. Debo Samuels was that next big dude, but he was constantly hurt. And it wasn't just broken bones or concussions. It was soft tissue injuries. It was hamstring specifically. He had a ton of hamstring injuries in college. He had a hamstring injury in the pros, I think when he was a rookie. He tweaked his hamstring a little bit last year, which everyone was all nervous and stuff about, but he fought back. But being a person, I tore my hamstring in high school. It's always in the back of your mind. You're constantly stretching it. You're constantly like, oh gosh, I'm cramping a little bit. Uh, It's going to happen here. And I think it's happening to Debo a little bit. The guy wants his bag and I don't blame him, right? He wants to get paid. And the more he runs the ball, the more opportunity that something's going to happen. He's not a dummy. Okay. I think, he, is, he believes in his receiving ability, and I don't blame him. I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's as good as I think he thinks he is. at receiver. I think he's a good receiver, um, and I think he can make money playing just receiver, but he'll make the biggest bag at running back, but if he's healthy. And I think injury concern for me with Debo is high, 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 and he's going way too high for me in fantasy football for me to take a chance this year. What do you guys think about Debo in fantasy this year?
1: Uh, I have similar thoughts as I did to James Conner. Once a guy has been injured, he gets that injury-prone label. Uh, but, you know, he played a full schedule this season. He he did miss one game, but other than that, he played the full schedule. And, you know, towards the back half of the year, he's getting all those carries. And you're right, I don't think he wants those carries. Uh, I've heard rumors that he could be a holdout candidate if he doesn't get the... Uh, guarantee that he's not going to get all those carries, and if he doesn't secure the bag that he's trying to get, which you know, get all the money you can. Yeah, own, it's a yep. violent physical sport. Your career can be over like that, so collectors' money can be over as you like can. that, too. The way
0: CTE's been going around. That exactly. It just yeah. came out. Uh, What's his name? Uh, had CTE. Uh, yeah,
1: the Demarius uh, Thomas.
0: Demarius Thomas. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. he had stage two CTE when they found him.
1: Yep. Oh,
2: wow. So...
1: so I agree Debo Samuel needs to get paid, and if if he can guarantee that he's not going to get such a physical role uh, as a running back, then uh, all to uh, all the power to him. He is – even if he's just a running back – or uh, just a wide receiver, he doesn't get a single carry. He's still electric and slippery and so fast. Uh, he – when the 49ers played against the Bears last year, I remember – he took a uh, wide receiver screen, he got the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and just took off and outran everybody on the Bears' uh, defense and scored that touchdown. So he is... I think he is going to be safe for fantasy regardless of who's that quarterback. Uh, he'll just... Trey Lance is... While he's a raw quarterback, he's a smart guy. Uh, he's going to get the ball to the guys who can help him. And Debo is definitely that kind of guy. It, I'm not in on him as the wide receiver anymore. I've got him, shoot, where do I have him in my ranks? I've got him at wide receiver 11, uh, as opposed to that wide receiver, where did he finish last season? Two or three in PPR. So I've got him uh, regression coming down because I don't think he's gonna be running the ball nearly as much, uh, but he's still a top guy. He, he's still an amazing athlete and an amazing uh, football player.
2: Yeah, I, I, think he, I think he sort of slips a little bit in terms of fantasy production. In some regard, I, I think there are just a number of factors that could really prevent him from being as productive. I, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to play the full schedule next year. That just with a guy that's had so much injury, it, it's, I'd hope to be wrong, but I'm just not sure if he'll be able to do that. Um, the holdout that's pending. And then my question is, I was actually just looking up just how, he, how his chemistry was with Trey Lance. So if Trey Lance is going to start and he's already – very raw. I think he's still a raw, raw prospect um right now, Trey Lance. And so did, I'm just gonna look to see how how Debo's production was on those games that um uh, that Trey Lance played. Because I don't I don't know how that'll work. Especially if, if you can't use him in the same way, if he's gonna demand to be used in a different way, you not only have to you have to almost recreate okay. that chemistry because okay. it's not gonna look anything like it did the year before. So just too many questions for me to be high on him I and mean, maybe like you said, maybe a, am don't to say a bench or, or anything like that, but I just have questions. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I have concerns. I'd go in some other directions that I think I feel better about the production, just within as many as close to raw receivers that exist in, in the NFL right now. I I may go in a different direction and not have it inside.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, I know he came back to OTAs. He would practice a little bit in OTAs, mm-hmm. but more side work than actually on field work. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say he misses summer training camp because of the holdout, right? There goes that chemistry that Candace was just talking about. There goes that let me get familiar with this new playbook that could be implemented next year. Mm-hmm. Um, It may take him a while to get off the ground and where he's going right now is like second round. And I'm just not, I'll have him ranked high, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm going to take him. And that just means because yep. of his ceiling. Right. Yep. And that's what people need to understand when they're looking at fantasy rankings is that doesn't mean that, me personally, that because he's up there in my rankings, I'm going to take him. That means that I have him ranked there because of his ceiling. It does not mention his floor. And his floor for me is just way too low um, for me to take a chance in the second and even in the third round for for Debo. I'd just rather stay away and let somebody else deal with it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'll live with it. But I'm just the injury and the new playbook and quarterback change could all become a huge issue um, for Debo next year. Speaking of quarterback real quick, let's talk Trey Lance. And then let's talk Elijah Mitchell. And then we can wrap this up Trey Lance. Let's do it. QB 15. I have him at 12. I have him at 12 because of the running ability. Like I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about um, the over unders in San Francisco, I think he's a better fantasy quarterback than he is in real life um, because of the running ability. He hasn't proved anything to me yet for me to put him in the top 10. So I'm keeping him at 12 where he currently sits what type of offense they're going to run. There's just question marks, and I'm not taking quarterback in the top 10 with so many question marks. With that being said, he's going to fall. He's been falling very late, meaning you can wait on him because he's quarterback 15. I'll take him if I can have my full roster ahead of him, and then I can take Trey Lance late. But if you do, be careful because Jimmy G could be an issue, and you better draft somebody like my sleeper quarterback, Jameis Winston, if you draft a guy like Trey Lance. Rand, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I've got Lance at my quarterback 14. Uh, obviously, the guy can get it done with his legs, uh, but he has not really proven much uh, with passing. He, he's got the arm. He can throw the ball deep, but uh, he's primarily a legs guy. Uh, in, in week five against the Cardinals, he threw the ball uh, 29 times, 15 completions for 192 yards and a pick, but he ran the ball. 16 times for 89 yards. I think that was the game where he got tackled at the 1-yard line and didn't get that rushing touchdown. But uh it, all while I love rushing quarterbacks for fantasy football, they have to be able to throw the ball too. Uh all Josh Allen, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, uh, he's a little bit iffy. I'm projecting a step up, but whatever. All those guys have proven that they can run the ball at an elite level and pass the ball at an elite level. Lance has proven he's a good running back or a good running quarterback. Has not proven anything uh, as a passer yet.
2: Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna add anything to that. I agree with both of your sentiments with no particular extra reasons, but yeah, I, I, I stand by everything that you guys think. That's sort of my thinking too.
0: Absolutely, it's 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 a risky uh, risk, risky pick here. But last but not least, going will wrap it up. Elijah Mitchell, um, ADP fifty, running back twenty two. I have him at running back seventeen. Um, I know Trey Lance's ability to run, you know, hurts. Elijah Mitchell. And when I went back and I looked at stats for this show, um, I don't like Elijah Mitchell as high as I did like Elijah Mitchell. Um, He ranks 36, like I mentioned earlier, in juke rate. He ranked 30th in breakaway run rate. He ranked 34th in yards created per touch. So what that means is he ranked 34th in terms of creating his own yardage. Um, That is bad, especially if they're changing up their offense. he only had 7% of the target share, which ranked 25th in route participation. That is terrible. Um, more I think about it, the more that this offense could change. It's not going to be the power offense. We don't think that it used to be, which Elijah Mitchell needs, obviously, because he can't make yards himself. He needs the lanes. He needs the holes. Doesn't mean his vision, which this tells me, guys, the stats, is he's got great vision, but he can't create himself. Um and that's great. If he's got great vision, you got a great offensive line and you're running the right offense. That's great. But if you're not running the right offense for this type of runner, it could be bad. Um, mm-hmm. and it could be bad to the point of where he could possibly lose his job because of those numbers down there are bad. Ren, what do you think about Elijah Mitchell? Right now, like I said, I have him at 17. He will be dropping come 10 minutes from now.
1: <laughs> I've got Elijah Mitchell as my 30th or 29th running back. Uh similar to what you said, he's he can uh, make do with what's given to him, but he wasn't creating much on his own. I'm still holding out hope for Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. I know that he was in uh, Shanahan's doghouse for a little while. He kind of just didn't play over the back half of the season, but he was a good running back at Ohio. He, I, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be a good running back in the NFL, so... If Elijah Mitchell goes down, if it, Trey Sermon outworks him in uh, uh, this offseason or anything like that, I'm holding out hope. I, it's a long shot. Don't get me wrong. Don't draft him anywhere. He's a wave of wire pickup. If come week one, he looks good or something.
2: But, yeah, I, I'm not super high on Elijah Mitchell. Me neither. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Me, me neither. And, and I think it does. It just depends on what they do with that scheme. Um, if they're gonna go with the playbook that he had that they had last year, and they're gonna try to fit Trey Lance into that, then maybe that's good for Elijah Mitchell. I think he can have a fairly fairly good year. I think he can be a good option for you, consistent option for you. But um, if they're gonna change that playbook up to accommodate Trey Lance, then this means Mitchell's in trouble. And there's so there's such a low floor that exists with him that you can't draft him too high. I don't think.
0: Didn't Sherman play with Justin Fields at Ohio State? Did they play together? I'm pretty sure they played together at Ohio
2: State. Yeah, I think so. And if
0: that's the case, didn't they run RPO at Ohio State? I'm pretty sure Justin Fields runs
2: the likes to run the RPO. I'm that's looking. To, yeah, good. I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. They they've got a sermon. Sermon is fourth string right now. Yeah, he's been
0: he's been buried, <laughs> by, by him.
2: but you know.
0: He's talented, man. I Before his injury, that, what he get, National Championship game, I think he went down. Um, I, I loved watching that kid run. He's, he runs well. He runs hard. Um, But the argument here is against Elijah Mitchell, right? So whether it's Trey Sherman or the other two guys that missed their no names that we, we can't even, we can't even
2: out of a hat. We'll know their names at the end. Of the
0: <laughs> it's just like. So
2: somehow. That's more low, I guess
0: we are on Elijah Mitchell, um, which is, for me, is shocking because I was a very high on him. Until I saw those numbers, I guess offensive line does make a big difference, huh? Um, But that, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to put a wrap on the NFC West. This was Ooh. a marathon, but a, mar- a good marathon. Yeah, very good.
1: Uh, how do you feel about George Kittle? Where you got him? Oh, David, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah that's, um, I think he'll yeah. be good no matter who's the quarterback. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm pretty. I'm pretty high on George Kittle. He, he can. I mean, as long as he stays healthy. That's on the only question, but I think he struggled with injury. I'm hoping that he can have a bounce back year, be able to you know be consistent on the field. But I think he's the way the different ways you can use him. He'll be good, and I think he'll be a safe. He's a safety blanket to both. So he's he's the one player that I feel like no matter what the QB situation is, mm-hmm. you can count on him in fantasy.
1: Yep, I'm looking at his game log from last year. He only missed uh, three weeks of football. Other mm-hmm. than that, he was playing. Uh, he's, he's, I, I don't know how, even I had this concept in my head that he had an injury riddled season and he didn't play very much. He only missed her even of
2: football. He's a I, great football, think, fantasy football player he, played through, player. he played through injury. Probably. Probably. Yeah. He played, he played through injury. I think it affected his production. His production song. He didn't look as healthy as what people, I think, remember more than him missing games. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, 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 I. I second all that I have him ranked as my tight end three mm-hmm. behind Kelsey and Andrews um, I thought about moving pits in front of him but I'd rather take a certified bona fide tight end beast Kittle um, yep. I feel like also last year maybe he started off slow I don't know what mm-hmm. it was but something was going on there Uh let's take yeah week one five catches two week two one catch and then two catches then six catches and no touchdowns for 4 weeks until week 5. So that could be the one thing that's kind of shading my mind on Kittle mm-hmm. is the slow start. Um I know the one my one buddy that owned him was trying to trade him away very early and nobody was taking him for some reason and looking back, wow, I really missed the really dropped the ball on that <laughs> one. Um I do like George Kittle as well this year. I think he's a, one of the tight ends that I would consider taking early and but after that, I'm staying away and I'm taking Cole Komet, And I'm going to say it again. Yep. I'm taking I'm taking Cole Komet, I take Cole Komet, Cole Komet. <laughs> He's 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 the sleeper that you want at tight end. You don't have to do. You don't have to risk anything, any draft capital on drafting Cole Komet this year. Um, he's just he's that guy for the Bears. Mooney and him. That's about it.
1: And then I don't want to do this out any longer. I know it's uh, pushing two hours now, but uh, Brandon Ayuk had a, a hot streak at the end of the season last year. Do you guys have any faith in him to carry that over? I think, again, it goes quarterback play. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I think Brendan Ayuk actually figured out how to play with Jimmy G. I think that was part of the issue is they weren't on the same page. Jimmy G didn't know where he was going to be when he was looking at him, so he immediately checked off and went to Debo or somebody else, or even Kittle, I should say, because Kittle seems to be more of his his security blanket. Mm -hmm. Um, Chemistry with with Ayuk is huge. Can he build it with Trey Lance, and can he – What's the offense like we mentioned before going to look like? Um, do I think he's got upside? I do, I do, especially this year, especially if we think Debo's going to hold out. Extreme upside, right? He's the wide receiver one after Kittle, of course, but he's the guy to own in terms of a wide receiver room in 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 San Francisco. So um, I'm probably higher on him than many other experts are because they are higher on Debo than I am.
2: If that makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I think my my analysis is pretty much in the same place. I did want to ask you guys. I I forgot to mention one thing. We're talking Seahawks. Um, yeah. yeah so they changed their. I know you're you're big on on defense. They changed their uh defensive scheme. Um, to, they're going three four pretty okay. much. Does that? Does, what are your? your oh, they're they're for?
0: running the three four because they don't trust the secondary.
2: No, <laughs> no 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 no. They're they're running the three four because their personnel did. Yeah yeah yeah. That's like what I mean. Three, their
0: personnel just fits that way. But yeah, in the three four offense is a defense. I, I'm sorry. I should say is you're going to run less man coverage. You're going to run a lot more zone. Technically um, they're going to dare teams. Just to, they want teams to run is basically what they're, they're going to try to do. They'll probably play the linebackers six, seven yards off the ball to protect their
2: safeties in their corners. Um, I actually don't so. Do char- they got the, I mean, Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. That's a heck of a safety duo. I think they play. I think they've been playing the defensive coordinator has, has had uh, been playing Jamal Adams pretty, pretty terribly. Beyond, I think that's why he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's been playing out of place for for quite some time. So he'll be back in a in a in a defense team that's close that, to the Jets. Yeah, an actual safety
0: role instead of playing that role right, constantly right up on the line. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I didn't know they were going to the to the three four defense. That that that's going to change their their look, especially how they're going to play on offense. Because like I said, I think that they're going to their teams to slow the ball down a little bit. In a passing league now, well, I don't know why teams are still even running a four-man front. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I just think the 3-4 is just a lot more – you mm-hmm. can do a lot more with it in terms right. of how you – put. because technically, Jamal Adams can still come down into the box, right? Mm-hmm. He can still come down into the box. They can move their outside linebacker in a three-point stance. Boom, you're right back into the 4-4. Um, yep. There's just a lot of different things you can do with it. Um, and Jamal Adams, to me, can't cover anything. He never could. Um, the Jets, he was, he was a terrible defender against the pass. He can hit. Don't get me wrong. That's his thing. And I think that's why they think he could stop the run um, so well in, in Seattle as a linebacker. But he could stop the run because he takes good angles at the safety position. Um, I think that's what he does really well. Yeah. Every outside run. Right. One thing when I think of Jamal Adams, I think of him coming screaming off the outside from you know 10 yards away and, and tackling the running back on an outside run type of play. Um, and that's what he does well. But when you're on the line, it's a whole new game plan because you got pulling guards coming at you. You got reaching tight ends. You got fullbacks coming, screaming downhill. It's a different ballgame from there. So I do like that. I think they want to get him more involved in terms of what playmaker. And they took away his playmaking ability when they moved mm-hmm. him up to the line. So that's yeah. very interesting. I didn't know yeah. not know they were going three four.
2: Yeah, I just thought I'd be remiss to, to do a seat to talk about the Seahawks and not talk about that huge change happening on defense.
0: Yeah, that's that's. Oh, I didn't man. know that. I got. I'm gonna read up on that. That's
1: that's Bobby Wagner going to Los Angeles. That's gotta hurt too.
2: Um, sentimentally, yes, but actually, no. <laughs> leadership applies to probably a little bit. Um, in terms of linebacker leadership, but. Yeah, I think that I think the leadership aspect what he brings is that because as much as many tackles as Bobby gets, a lot of them were like six yards downfield. I mean, his aggression was just probably like the least of the lot. Like, he's, mm-hmm. the, he's the least aggressive and he's, he's trying to save his career. I mean, he's trying to, he plays a lot of games. He doesn't really want to get injured. It's his first time getting injured at the end of last season. So he, he really cares about keeping his body right. And so sometimes, um, he might give up a lot. I mean, those passing yards that how we broke. Records historically being historically bad for passing yards, so I was on Bobby. And, and I'm sure the Rams will be able to put him in a better position, um, to succeed over there. But I just didn't want to pay him that much money to, um, you know, to tackle somebody eight yards downfield. So,
0: yeah. yeah, it's he's one of those players that it's just gonna be like, damn, he looks bad in that jersey, like he does not look right. Like Vaughn Miller didn't look right in the Rams jersey either. Me, I always remember Von Miller in the orange, yeah. you know, it just yeah one of those players that are just gonna be like man that just does not look like jerry rice when he left the 49ers like he looked terrible in the raiders black which is like what is happening right now? Uh, <laughs> um, but he's just one of those guys and I, I think he makes a difference in in la i think he doesn't have to be the stud mm-hmm. linebacker that he had to be in seattle right he just needs to be in the right place at the right time and i right. think mm-hmm. he's the type of player to do so um,
2: in la so i yeah. actually thought about that. but it was right to cut him we cannot pay him that much money sorry <laughs> <laughs> love bobby but like not 20 million yeah, yeah.
0: Well, all right, so that that that, that it, guys. What do you guys you guys done? Do yeah, that was an unbelievable show. I'm super, super, super grateful uh, for you guys coming on. I really enjoyed talking with both of you. Um, and I hope we do it again. Candace, I know you said you're a DFS person, which is awesome because Red and I are doing um a weekly show once football season starts of start and sits for DFS. Nice. Um, either Fridays or Saturdays, we'd love to have you on whenever whenever you yeah. can do
2: so. That'd be great. Awesome.
0: All right. Awesome. All right, guys. So, as always, make sure you're following me on, on Twitter at JP Sticko. Make sure you're following. Uh, Ren, why don't you t- shout out your Twitter again, real fast?
1: Renny Bear. That's two N's in Ren and two R's at the end of Bear.
2: Candace. And you can follow me on uh, Candace H901, Candace H901, and follow the Sports Ethos Show just for quality NFL content at Ethos Seahawks.
0: Yeah. Make sure you guys are too logging on to uh, sportsethos.com. We are about to launch. Um, we have a soft start possibly coming within a week for our fantasy football and football page of Sports Ethos. We're super excited about it. This is uh, this is part of our team here that you just heard and listened to. So if you like this content, you're going to love the content you see on the website.
1: And we're shooting for July 20th for the release of our draft guide.
0: July 20th draft guide. Let's see the differences between some of us. Um, I don't think there's going to be drastic differences, but there will definitely be some. As always, everybody have a very safe weekend. I'm going to be hitting the beach tomorrow with my daughter and my son and my wife. I'm definitely bringing some beers. So everybody have a, <laughs> have a, have a great weekend. Uh, be safe. And as always, peace, love, and fantasy football.